Well, I'm super excited about today because we are going into week three of our enemies sermon series. Everybody say enemies. Oh, come on. Come on. Everybody say enemies. Come on. Who in here has enemies? Raise your hand. Mine is the Tennessee Vols now and Auburn Tigers. Yes, Pastor Brock will bring up that mess in his message the entire time because I'm mad, right? I'm mad, right? I'm mad. It's justified anger. <laughs> oh, no, I'm kidding. But uh, we all have enemies in our life. And so uh, today, um, Pastor Brock's going to tell you an embarrassing story. Who in here loves embarrassing stories until it's about you, right? Right? <laughs> like, I don't know why, but when parents start telling you know, stories about you in diapers, you're like, stop. You're like, stop, right? You're like, stop, right? Right? My mom used to go, oh, he was so cute. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not cute, right? <laughs> Not cute, mom. <laughs> also, but uh, but growing up, uh, I played sports. Who in here plays sports? Just lift up your hand, right? Who in here has that? Well, I like to call them your crazy coach. Who in here has a crazy coach? I'm 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 talking about that crazy coach that you know. Anytime you messed up, oh, you're gonna get chewed out, and then there's gonna be discipline, right? Right. And so one one day, uh, uh, we were playing football, right? A bridge like okay, so I played football growing up. Uh, uh, go Black Bears, right? Uh, region champs, let's go. All right, <laughs> right. But uh, one time we were uh, playing uh, football and we messed up, so the coach made us run what we like to call gassers. Everybody say gassers. And what you would do is you would line up on the uh, on the end zone of the football field, and you'd have to run the entire football length. And cross the line in under, I think, for lineman, because I was a big boy, uh, <laughs> you know, special privileges, right? Uh, you had to run it in less than uh, 25 seconds. It, it, it actually may be, like, less than that. So we started going, and we were running, 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 and we passed, right? And we did it. But the coach stopped the whistle. Well, he, he stopped us, and he blew the whistle. Because what had happened was was th- there's a principle that's always taught whenever you're playing sports is you finish through the finish through the line, right? Whenever I was playing sports, playing football, he said if you slowed down, you didn't finish through the line properly. And it's the same way with basketball, with suicides, right? When you're running, you're touching the, the I don't want to touch the line. <laughs> My foot is touching the line. Why do I have to? All right, but whatever. That's uh, I digress, right? But they were told to finish through the line. I finished through the line, right? <laughs> but, but somebody didn't finish through the line. And so our coach stopped us. And he made us run a quarter-mile track four times. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and this was in the middle of football practice too, right? <laughs> so, so I'm already tired. You got full pads on. I'm sweating. Pastor Brock, why? why? Why would a coach stop you from, from whenever you're running, Right? Why would a coach stop you because you didn't finish through the line? Well, it's because of this. He was trying to stop this thing called complacency. I want everybody to say the word complacency. Everybody say complacency. And so today, uh, if you have your notes, I want you to get your notebooks out because we're going to be talking about the third enemy, and that is complacency. Pastor Brock, why are we talking about that? Because I believe that every single move of God has been stopped because complacency, you know, was started to happen within the church. I, I, believe that, I believe that the greatest killer, not only fear, not only shame, you know, of course, we talked about those. And, you know, of course, like kingdom culture, earthly culture, I, it's, it's, it's right. But I feel like that one of the biggest ones that we need to address as Christians is complacency. Right. Pastor Rock, what does the word complacency mean? Well, you know, complacency means this. 
a feeling of quite pleasure or security, often while unaware of some potential danger. Everybody say danger. See, there's one thing that, that, that I've learned about complacency is that, is, that, is that complacency kills a lot of things. I, I believe that when you get lazy, right, in, in your walk, whenever you get lazy in, in things that you do, that's when slip-ups start to happen, right? right? Uh, I look at the story of King David. He's actually one of the best examples of this. He's the greatest king alive, right? Who knows who David is, right? He killed Goliath, right? right? He became the king, and in his complacency, what had happened? He messed up. He made a mistake. He killed his best friend. He had an affair. This thing happened. Because he got complacent. He should have been at war, but instead he was at the castle. Right, at the castle, yeah, whatever. Right, He's at the castle. He, he was in the kingdom. See, complacency kills a lot of things. Man, complacency can kill the thing, the fire that, you know, it's starting to blow. Because what happens is we begin to get complacent in who we are and our routine that we end up missing out on the life-changing, the life-changing encounters that God has for us. And so today, here's what I want us to do. If you have your Bibles, uh, I want you to turn to Acts 1 with me really quick. We're actually going to be in Acts for all three passages. Uh, We've actually been diving into Acts um, this entire two weeks. We've been reading through the book of Acts. Who here has been reading along with us? Just slip up your hand. I see a couple hands up. Yeah, all right, good. You put your hands down. See, we've been reading about Acts, and you're diving into the early church because if there was one group of people that were not complacent. It was that early church. Man, they were going and they were grinding. So uh, I'm going to pray, and we're going to dive into this. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you, Father, for who you are. God, we pray that, God, that you, God, are touching these students, God. God, I pray that, God, that we will not get complacent, God, in anything that we do, God. God, I ask that, God, that you will touch them. God, I pray that, God, that they will be passionate and on fire for you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Man, I'm super excited. Hey, you know what? Let's do this. I want everybody to stand up with me with your Bibles. You know what? You know what? You know what? We're going to read the word together. We're going to read Acts 1, 4 through 5. All right. Let's see. Let's read this. Acts 1, 4 through 5. It's going to be put on the screen. Uh, you guys can just read along with me. You guys don't have to read out loud. Just read along with me. So it says this. The, let's see. Sorry. Not Acts 4. Acts 1. My bad. Acts 1, 4 through 5. Acts 1, 4 through 5. My bad. This is a completely different scripture. <laughs> Acts 1, 4 through 5. My bad, media team, if I gave you the wrong one. That's on me. That's not on you, Rylan. That's on me. Right? <laughs> Acts 1, 4 through 5. Let's see if it comes up. Boom. 4 through 5. 4 through 5. Let's see. One, two, which, by the way, Tennessee's refs couldn't count, by the way. Uh, they couldn't get fourth down. Uh, by the way, uh, I'm not bitter about that, all right? I promise you. Uh, verse 4, bang. All right, let's see. He said this right here. He says, and they shared meals with them. Jesus instructed them, don't leave Jerusalem. Everybody say Jerusalem. Jerusalem. But wait. Everybody say wait. Oh, come on. Everybody say wait. But wait here until you receive the gift. Everybody say gift. Who in here loves getting gifts? Come on. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. I'm talking about some, you know, you know what, for, for, for you guys, that'd be a new like console or a new game or, you know, a new phone. For me, it's a razor, a bonus. Amen. Right. Right. Thank you, Jesus. Or like, you know, my tax return, man, I had to file an amended tax return. I got it back this past week. Okay. I felt it. I'm sorry. Woo. Okay. Sorry. Wait (laughs) until you receive the gift I told you about. The gift, the Father. Who's the Father? 
God, right? Okay, good. God has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you'll be baptized in the what? You guys can sit down. You guys can be, be seated. He baptized in the Holy Spirit. See, there's one thing I know about the Holy Spirit is that, is that the Holy Spirit activates something inside of you. Uh, we look at Peter uh, during this. He's not my focal point. He actually probably should be a focal point in this, but, but, but Peter, uh, he was the one who betrayed Jesus how many times? Three times. He betrayed Jesus three times. He, he doubted him. He, he, he threw him onto the side. But then we see in this scripture that the Holy Spirit comes in Acts 2. I mean, it says in Acts 2 that, you know what, there was a, they all get, you know, they, they all met and gathered in a place, and then the Holy Spirit fell, right? And so, you know, what happens is Peter just begins to minister to these guys. And what happens is, is that the one who betrayed Jesus three times ends up leading 3,000 to the kingdom. Pastor Bart, what are you talking about? Well, Peter got complacent, but then he got the Holy Spirit, and then he became courageous. See, youth, there's a couple things I've learned about com- that, uh, that, that I have learned about complacency is this. Number one is that consistent complacency kills courage. That is a mouthful. Consistent complacency kills courage, right? Consistent complacency kills courage. See, there's one thing I learned about complacency is that, is that, is that whenever you get comfortable with where you're at, the same things that you used to deal with seem a little bit bigger, right? Whenever you get consistent, you know, in your complacency, it's harder for you to go tell somebody about Jesus. Mm, okay. I knew he was going to be quiet this morning when I started talking about this part, right? Consistent complacency kills the courage. You know what? It killed it. Peter, he became complacent. He denied Jesus how many times? Three. It killed. Consistent complacency kills courage. And the courage that you know what, that you have to share the gospel, it can be killed when you become complacent in your Bible time. It can be killed when you're complacent in your prayer and your worship. It can be complacent when you don't want to share the gospel with somebody or even just say the name Jesus or make a stand. Consistent complacency kills courage. Here's another thing that I've learned is is this, is that consistent complacency kills caring. Yet again, another, another mouthful. Consistent complacency kills caring. Pastor Robert, what does that mean? Your heart becomes hardened, right? It becomes hardened, and you get in the mindset of, well, somebody else can do it. Oh, you know, there are you know, lost people in this world. We're just going to let the pastors do it. That's not how we're, we're called. Matthew 28 in the Great Commission says, go out. He said, go out and make what? He, he wasn't telling pastors. He wasn't telling, of course, he was telling the disciples, but he was telling followers. He said, you're called to go out and make disciples. And so consistent complacency says, well, I go to church. I, I pay my tithe. I listen to the three songs. I'm good to go, right? But that's not the mission, right? Right? That's not the mission. You know what the mission is? The mission is to, for everyone we meet to know Jesus, whether it be by words or by actions. Youth, can I step aside from this message really quick for a second and, and, and stand on my soapbox for a second? Your actions always speak louder than words. And I want you to listen to me because I love this quote. I'm going to butcher it, but this is the Brock translation of that quote. It says this, it says this, you should preach the gospel and then use words when necessary. I want you to think about that really quick. Pastor Brock, what does that mean? Well, that means, well, whenever I'm at lunch, and there's somebody being made fun of or somebody who looks down. Do you know how we can show the gospel? 
by sitting with them. You know what? You know what? When there's somebody that's dealing with something, you know, who's come to you and talked to you about, you know, something that's going on in their life, right? When, when something's going on, you know what? Instead of you ignoring it, you begin to talk with them and you pray with them. You know what? I hope and I pray this. I pray that God starts waking some of you guys up at 5 a.m. at night to start praying over your schools. Some of y'all looking at me weird. It's like, I need my beauty sleep. I said, same thing, right? <laughs> right? But complacency, consistent complacency kills the caring. It kills caring. Your heart to reach people. Your heart to missions. Your heart to things. Your heart for the lost. See, and it kills. It kills it. It kills it. It kills it. See, let me tell you about Acts 1 really quick in this moment. This was Jesus's. Like, last time talking to the disciples before he ascended into heaven. Which, by the way, uh, I'm a visual person. I love movies. Who near loves movies? Who, come on. Come on. Who near loves some, a, a good movie? All right. So, so whenever I read the Bible, I see it like a, like, a, like a scene, right? And, you know, he's sitting there. He's giving the charge. He's like, yeah, yeah. And then the ascension, I'm, I'm still trying to fathom in my mind how that looks. Like, like did he go, whoo, or did he just slowly ascend? Okay, but sorry, that's my ADD talking, Right? But Jesus is talking to them right before he ascends. And this was the last thing he says. I want you guys to write this down in your notes. Write it right beside Acts 1, 4 through 5. I want you to write down 500. I want you to write 500 down. Pastor Brock, why, why 500? Because I'm fixing to dive into it. I'm fixing to dive into it. There were 500 people, right? There were 500 people when Jesus last spoke to them, right? There were 500 people. Everybody say 500. Right, 500, right? Right, there were 500 people there right, that were sitting there, and they were there, right, and so what happens is we read in Acts 2, right, we, we eventually read on, and studies and theologians have talked, and they talked about how many people were up there, and in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit came, see, Jesus told 500 people to go where, to go, to wait until who came, the Holy Spirit, right, right, he said, wait, but when we look at the upper room, they say that there was only 180. I want you to write that down on Acts 2. There was 180 there. Pastor Brock, what are you getting at? Well, complacency says Jesus isn't moving right now. The Holy Spirit isn't come, so I need to give up. You know what? Another thing that I've learned about complacency before I dive back into this is that consistent complacency kills closeness. Consistent complacency kills closeness. It kills your relationship with God. I'm going to ask a question, and this is a rhetorical question. You don't have to lift your hand up. You don't have to do anything like that. But it's a strong question. When's the last time you had an encounter with Jesus? When was the last time that you heard him speak to you? When was the last time that you've ever had time that you set aside and you said, God, it's just me and you? When's the last time that you pushed your busy schedule outside of the way and said, God, from this point to this point, come on, you, you talk to me and you speak to me? See, complacency kills the closeness. You know, there were 500 people. The last thing, Phoenix, 500 people. Gee, man, you would think that if, G, if Jesus were to walk in here right here and said, I want you guys to stay in this room until next year. We're going to have to DoorDash a lot of food, right? We're going to have to DoorDash a lot, right? But I'm staying. If Jesus in the flesh came in here and said, hey, you know what, Drew? God's told, uh, 
I'm telling you, sorry, I'm not Jesus, but let's imagine. Jesus says, Drew, you need to stay here until, until next week. It's easy. DoorDash, right? I'm going to leave food at the front door, right? right? Uh, wait. See, it always blew my mind that people di- disobeyed Jesus even when he was in the flesh. I never understood that. Because if Jesus were to walk in here right now, even right now, I would do anything that he asked me to do, right? Punch Dominic. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, he would never do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm messing with you, right? But there were a 500 crowd, and it shrunk down to 180. See, there's one thing that I've learned is that, is that whenever you're getting close to Jesus, I want you guys to listen to me on this one. This one's going to be a big one. This one's going to be a hard one to hear. But the closer that you get to Jesus, the less friends that are going to go with you on the journey. I'm going to, I'm just going to preference that to you. I, I wish I could stand up here right now and say, hey, once you follow Jesus, man, hey, Tommy, once you follow Jesus, man, everything's going to be okay. You're going to be walking on rainbows and sunshine and all that kind of stuff. The angels are going to wake you up and they're going to feed you breakfast. No, no, no. You're going to lose some friends. You're going to lose some followers. You're going to lose, you're going to lose some things that you like to do. But God would never take things away if he doesn't have something already better in place for you. And so this morning, Pastor Bart, what are you getting at? Is that complacency kills a lot of things. You know what? Complacency robbed the opportunity of, of, of 320 people to get the Holy Spirit in the upper room. Complacency stopped something. So here's my question for you this morning, youth, is where has complacency stopped your relationship this morning? Where, where has complacency stopped in your relationship this morning? I want you to think about that. You know what? Even if you want to, put that down in your notes. Well, complacency, me. I've been complacent here, here, and here. What has complacency robbed you of? You know, what has been getting, you know, in the rhythm and getting used to things, you know, and getting lazy. I call it getting lazy in your faith, right? Getting lazy has stopped. See, because what we're fixing to read here is this, is that, is this, is that, is that complacency and, and, and things need to be broken off of our lives. It needs to. And so what happens is, is that in Acts 3, there's this story uh, that happens. And, 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 and I love, I love, I love, I love this story. Because it begins to talk about what happens when we begin to listen to Jesus. And we begin to start, stop being complacent and start seeking after him. See, because what happens is, is that there was this lame man beside the gate called Beautiful, and he would beg every single day, right? And he would ask for money, but then Peter and John come up to him. And we're going to read Acts 3, verses 4, until I'm done, right? Acts 3, 4 says this, Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at him eagerly, expecting some money. Watch this. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. Everybody say, get up. Everybody say, get up. You know, the one way to stop complacency is you got to what? You got to get up, right? You got to get up. 
You know what? How do you stop complacency? You know what? How do you stop things? Well, you got to get up. You got to start doing some stuff, right? Right? If somebody had an injury, you just don't lay in the bed all day because your, your joints, your, your bone also becomes stiff and all that stuff. You have to move it. You have to rehab. Pastor Brock, what are you talking about? You can become complacent in, in, in sin. You can become complacent in an addiction. You can become complacent in your situation. And the first step is you got to get up. Everybody say, get up. You got to get up. You know what? You got to get up, right? And so then Peter took the lame man. This is verse 7. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. Your miracle, I want you to listen to me. Your miracle can come when you decide to get up. You know what? Your miracle can come from obedience. I don't know what the Lord has maybe been laying on your heart to do. Maybe God has been laying on your heart to get rid of a few things. Maybe God has laid on your heart to start up a Bible, you know, a, 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 a Bible, not class, a Bible club for your school. Maybe God has, you know, told you to do something and you've been sitting on it. But the Lord has told me to tell you this morning, it's time to get up. Everybody say, get up. It's time to get up. Time to get up. They, he, he stands up and he starts running around, right? And you know what? They realize that he was the lame man. See, youth, Pastor Rock, what are you talking about? You got to get up. The second thing that you've got to do to beat complacency is that you've got to be consistent. Everybody say consistency. Number one, you got to get up. Number two, you got to be consistent. You got to keep getting up. You got to keep going. You got to keep seeking. You got to keep reading. You got to keep doing this. You got to keep doing that. You got to keep praying. You got to keep worshiping. Even when you don't feel God moving, you still have to do it. Pastor Brock, why? 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 Why are you being so, like, strong this morning? Because youth... There's momentum happening in our youth ministry, and the one thing that can creep in and stop it is complacency. And so this morning, there's two other things that, that pretty much I want to say before we're going to have a quick an altar time. Number one is this, is this taking breaks don't lead to breakthroughs. Taking breaks don't lead to breakthroughs. Pastor Rob, what are you talking about? Well, you have to get up. You have to consistently seek after God. You know what? You have to go after them. And so what begins to happen is, is, is when you start putting off things, right? When you start taking breaks from reading your word, you start taking breaks. Breakthroughs don't come that way. Breakthroughs come with intentional seeking of God. Pastor Brock, what does that look like? As saying in the morning, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to read my word, whether it's in your Bible, right, or whether it's on your phone. Pastor, what does that mean? That means that instead of listening to garbage, I'm just going to be honest, some of the music nowadays is garbage, all right? I'm not, I'm not anti-music. I'm not, I, I don't speak out against it. I, I, I don't believe that you should listen to explicit things, right, because we're called to a higher standard. But I'm not anti-music, but I do believe that stuff that's being put out nowadays is garbage and that we need to start filling ourselves with the good things, and that is the word of God, what does that mean? That means worship. That means, and, and you, if you need a playlist, I can find you a playlist. I can find you a Christian rap playlist. I can find you a Christian country, right? Go tell it on the mountain. Oh, y'all don't even know that that song is. <laughs> Some of y'all, Pastor Brock, what in the world? <laughs> that Jesus Christ is born. Right, okay, sorry. Pastor Brock's like living like the Gaither vocal band right here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not my, don't you dare make fun of me laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I can give you Christian rap. I can give you Christian pop. I can give you Christian. I can give you Christian anything, right? 
And you know what? Can I just make a soapbox statement? Christian music has actually taken steps up. You know, Christian rap has actually taken steps, right? It doesn't sound like 90s, like DC Talk. Y'all don't even know who DC Talk is, right? Down with the DC Talk. Okay, no, okay, no, okay. What would people think if they knew that I'm a Jesus free? Okay, so now y'all know that. Okay, right? See, taking breaks don't lead to break. This last thing is this. And Gabe, can we just get some soft music to play in the background? No, I'm pretty sure it's my last one. Putting it off for tomorrow never happens tomorrow. Pastor Brock, what are you talking about? Putting off tomorrow, putting it off to tomorrow never happens tomorrow. Pastor Brock, what does that mean? That means this is that, is, is that the thing that I could have done today. I could read my Bible today, whether it's just a verse or, a, or just, a, just a, like a small bit, a proverb or a psalm. Putting it off to tomorrow, it never happens tomorrow. You know, I... I'm a big guy when it comes to, you know, cycles and, uh, not cycles, but routines, routines of things. You know what? We should never get comfortable in a routine, but healthy habits, everybody say habits, habits help you. Pastor, what does that mean? That means getting in a habit of reading your word, whether it's just a verse, whether it's a chapter, whether if God laid on your heart to read an entire book. You know what? There are books of a Bible that are shorter than a Twitter Maybe. Okay, maybe an Instagram caption, maybe. There are books in the Bible, right? First, second, third, John. You guys read those books, it's like, psh, like that. It's done. You can say you read an entire book of the Bible. Your parents are going to look at you like this. No way, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's the shortest one. Jesus wept, right? <laughs> but it's something. Everybody say it's something. It's something. See, putting it off to tomorrow never happens tomorrow. So what can you do today? Number one, you got to get up. How do you beat complacency? You got to get up. You got to say, you know what? I'm tired of being where I'm at. I'm ready to, man, man you strong up in there. All right, you got to get up. You can sit back down. All right, get back up. I'm just kidding. I'll sit back down. <laughs> you got to get up. Everybody say, get up. Secondly, you got to get consistent. Everybody say, consistent. You got to get consistent. You got to do it. You got to go after it. You know what? It's not saying, hey, I'm going to read the entire Bible in 90 days. You know what? If you do that, I'm impressed because that's a lot of reading. But if you say, Pastor Brock, I'm going to read a verse or two a day. You know what I'm going to tell you? Keep going. Because you know what happens? Can I borrow your Bible really quick? You know what? You know what happens? One or two verses a day. You start reading it. You start reading it. You know what begins to happen? It begins to come to three or four. Then it becomes five or six. Then it becomes a chapter. Then it becomes two or three chapters. And then it becomes this book. And then that book. And then what begins to happen is when you're at school and you, you're tired. And you know what? Maybe you're done. And you, you have free reading time. I used to remember in English class, I was done with those stories. I don't want to learn about Beowulf or anything like that, man. I, I grabbed my Bible. I put it out on the desk. I started reading it because there was a hunger there. The last thing is this. You got to get your hunger back. You got to get some passion back. You know what that comes from? That comes from seeking after him, consistently seeking after him. So here's what I want everybody to do. I want everybody to stand up and come on up to the front.